It was 2008, and it was the day of Christmas Eve. And I was living in Pasadena at the time, working on getting my master's degree. And I had a close friend that lived across from me in the student housing. And he asked me the night before if I wanted to go with him on a hike up into the San Gabriel mountain range, which was back behind our house. And of course, having lived in Colorado for a number of years, uh, I was totally into that. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. And uh, so we packed up everything and threw some cliff bars into our bag and got some water, put on some running shoes and headed up into the mountains. Welcome back to the latest edition of the Tunnel Coder Podcast. This is episode number four. I'm your host, Nate Rutan, and this episode is sponsored by Composed Cloud Solutions out of Lakewood, Colorado. Today, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about some of those things that we've always wanted to accomplish in life, and maybe we've tried to accomplish some of these things and failed, or maybe we've thought a lot about uh, setting out and trying to accomplish some of these things and we're just never able to make it happen. So I'm going to talk to you today about a few of those things that in my own life I was able to finally just really take a hold of and, and make happen. So hope you enjoy the episode and again thank you so much for joining us. Back to our story we had just thrown all of our stuff into a bag and we drove up to the trailhead and we got on the trail early in the morning and started hiking and right away things weren't that difficult. We had only hiked maybe a few miles and I was feeling really fresh. My friend was feeling good and uh, the trail quickly gets up and out of the LA area where there's you know, the extreme sound of traffic noise, just this constant background noise, this constant hum of all the different freeways and helicopters and all the stuff that's going on in a city of 10 million people. And the trail starts to just kind of wind up and all of a sudden you go around this corner and the sound just drops off dramatically. And there's this uh, nice little stream that's beginning to flow down through this valley and the noise levels from the city continue to drop off until you're basically in this sort of full-blown kind of mountain experience which is it's just it's really very fascinating to experience this when you know just moments before you were basically in the LA basin and then now all of a sudden uh, you know, everything just kind of falls away and you're, uh, up in this area that almost kind of reminds you of Colorado. And, uh, I mean, the only thing that you can still sort of tell that it's LA is if you look out towards the horizon, uh, there's sort of always this kind of hazy, smoggy kind of, uh, layer that's just everywhere. And, uh, you know, that's just LA. Um, it's a very rare day, of course, when it's super clear there, but anyway, we, kept on climbing up and up and up and you go for quite a ways. I mean, I think the, the whole hike is, uh, eight or 10 miles, something like that. And, uh, we got up to this point where there's this lookout and you can look back and down on the city and it's really dramatic. You can see how far you, you just climbed up and 
you get to look out all the way across the whole uh, sort of LA basin area and see all the freeways and all the cars and there's just tons of air traffic and you can see the ocean and it's just a it's a really interesting interesting sight if you ever get the chance but um, from there what you do is you turn back around and, and keep on hiking and you start to wind back up and up and up again and you kind of lose the city again and you eventually get up to this lookout point and so it's not really that hard of a hike I mean to be honest um, I think you know it's only I don't know maybe a couple thousand foot elevation gain to that point and uh, if you go all the way back in you can go to uh, Mount Wilson I think it is and you end up going like 12 miles or something. Uh, I think it's, or maybe even longer, it might be 15 miles round trip. And uh, that's quite a bit longer of a hike, of course. But um, to the place that we went, uh, it's, I, I, and I can't remember the name of it now, but there's like this um, uh, kind of pack station that you can stop at and and, and rest. And, and there's like a view uh, back, you know, towards the east where you can look uh, not over the LA area, but back in farther into the San Gabriel Mountains. So, as we were going, I mean, the first couple miles, I felt fine, and up until this point, I hadn't really been exercising that much. I mean, uh, when I was younger, my wife and I finished up school, finished up our undergrad degrees in the Denver area, and. Uh, we had done just a ton of hiking. We'd spend a lot of time, like every, almost probably every single weekend, if I remember right, we were up in the mountains. We'd be, you know, up hiking, uh, you know, way up above tree line and just pretty much driving somewhere new, like every weekend. And we uh, ended up uh, spending a lot of time up at Copper Mountain, snowboarding and skiing and uh, did a lot of mountain biking. And we were just, really super active and we could take probably like a a 3000 foot elevation gain in just a a matter of a couple hours and and not even barely break a sweat. We were just really fast hikers and, and, you know, we were super used to it at that point. But, uh, up until this point though, I had been, uh, well, it had a couple kids and that changes your life dramatically. If you know what I'm talking about, uh, anybody that's ever become a young parent or a new parent, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's a lot more work than you ever thought. It's amazing, super rewarding. And I would never, ever, ever change it. I'm so absolutely over the moon for my kids, but, uh, you know, it, it, man, it sure hits you right away though. When you, uh, when you first experience all the sleep deprivation and everything with the, the new kids. But anyway, I mean, if, if any of you have, Every, you know, if you're in that place where you've had kids or wherever you're at in life and you have had that experience, you'll know that it's pretty hard to keep up with an exercise routine, right? It's hard to keep up with a lot of things. You're sort of just feeling like you're kind of just hanging on for dear life and sort of white knuckling your way through things, or at least that's how I felt. But, um, you know, a lot of things go by the wayside. A lot of maybe some of the healthier practices that we had when we were younger start to drop off and uh, we get into habits that maybe we wish we wouldn't have and and so on. So uh, that was kind of the scenario for me. Uh, like I said, I had 
spent a lot of time being healthy and active up until that point, but uh, that was probably, I don't know, I'd say I hadn't been really very active for maybe six years or something like that. And so, you know, when you start getting into your early 30s, which I was at that point, and you haven't been active for, you know, a number of years, man, it, it really sneaks up on you. And so I didn't really realize how far it had snuck up on me until that hike that day. And so as we got towards the top, I realized that I had a whole number of blisters on both of my feet. And so my feet were really hurting at that point. And I didn't have anything extra with me. I didn't bring any, uh, you know, moleskin or any of the, the uh, you know, certain kinds of bandages that you can use, um, you know, to put on a blister and help you get back down off the trail, you know, stuff like that I would have normally had in my bag when I was doing that kind of stuff more often. But uh, at this point, you know, uh, I wasn't very prepared. We kind of just threw a couple cliff bars in the bag. And I think I had one bottle of water and just headed up the trail and thought, yeah, you know, I can do this. Not a big deal. This is LA. And man, I was so unprepared. I was up, up at the top and um, I had stayed up pretty late the night before too. And uh, I remember very distinctly, I had drank one of those Rockstar drinks, which, you know, I don't know if you've ever had one of those, but, uh, you know, they've got a lot of caffeine in them. I'd had that and I hadn't really had very much of a substantial breakfast. I think I threw like two Cliff Bars in my bag and I had only eaten like maybe half a Cliff Bar at that point. And so um, I, I'm actually prone to hypoglycemia and what happens is if I don't eat very much, and especially if I have caffeine, uh, my blood sugar will drop pretty quickly. And um, what I usually do is take a handful of trail mix, you know, or something with a high fat content in it, and a little bit of sugar. And, uh, you know, that really goes a long way in helping to regulate the blood sugar on, on you know, long hikes and stuff like that. So uh, this day, I hadn't done that. And it had a lot of caffeine, and I hadn't slept very much. And so I got to the top of the mountain, or at least to the, the top of the area that we were hiking to, and all of a sudden just realized that I was like super dizzy. And I think I was pretty dehydrated too. And um, everything started to kind of get into that like tunnel vision kind of thing where the edges were getting like really fuzzy and I was like really weak. And I was like, dude, I think I'm going to have to lay down. And so I laid down on this concrete bench that was up there and I felt like I was like really close to passing out. And so I, I drank the rest of the water that I had, but I didn't really have that much water. And so I had to drink uh, most of my friend's water and uh, ate the rest of the cliff bar that I had and, and the other one that I had and stuff like that. And, and um, it was kind of a little bit scary, honestly. We were up there and there wasn't really any other people. It was pretty early in the morning. And uh, I was like thinking in my mind, like, man, if I pass out or, you know, something really crazy up here, you know, at the time we didn't have any cell phones with us or anything. I was like, you know, what are they going to do? He's going to have to hike back down. You know, it's going to take him like 45 minutes to get down. I'm just going to be laying up here by myself, like completely passed out with like low blood sugar. And so I tried to not let myself panic and I tried to bring myself back down and just, you know, uh, not give in to the mental you know, the negative chatter. And so I was able to call myself back down and my friend was like, Hey man, just chill. You're going to be fine. And, uh, finally the, uh, extra cliff bar kicked in and the water and everything. And I started to feel a lot better. And
I just kind of sat there and looked out across the mountain range, looking the opposite direction now from LA, looking deeper into San Gabriel's. And um, I just kind of had this like moment in life where I was like, man, what am I doing? Uh, you know, I just started to kind of think back on how I had gotten to the place where I was. And, you know, I was, I was doing this master's program, which was, you know, a long time thing that I wanted to accomplish, but I just really let my health go at that point. And so it was right then at that moment that I realized, you know what, I am headed deep into middle age right now. And if I don't get on top of my health and get on top of where I want to be in life, uh, I can just see down the road, this is not going to be good. And so right then and there, it was like something just really shifted inside of me. And I made this lifelong resolve uh, that stuck with me since. I mean, this has been quite some time ago and uh, I'm actually 42 now. So uh, this has been uh, eight years ago that this happened. And um, I just determined right then and there, I was like, I am not going to go out like this. And so uh, we made it back down the hill and, and um, I was, you know, able to hike the rest of the way back down and 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 we got back down to everyone and and uh we got back and everyone was like hey how'd it go and everything and i was like man i i had a really rough time i almost passed out and all this stuff and you know of course my wife was like man that's crazy are you okay and and uh you know of course i was i was fine by then and everything but i uh almost immediately went online and started looking for exercise equipment and I'd had a lot of time on the way back down that mountain, you know, like at least a, an hour and a half or so hike back down where I was basically, you know, spending a lot of time just thinking about my life and thinking about how I'm going to get myself back on track. And I just determined, you know, I'm going to start working out every single day. I'm going to start running. I'm going to start doing push-ups. I'm going to start doing pull-ups. I'm going to do uh, I'm going to get kettlebells. I don't care what it takes. I'm going to start eating healthy again. And um, you know what? Uh, I did it. You know, um, I can say that I proudly that I did do that. It was like, I, you know, like a uh, New Year's Eve resolution that came a little bit early. And I actually have stuck with that. And I've been working out uh, maybe not every single day, although most weeks I do work out uh just about every day of the week, uh, as far as the, the work week goes, you know, I'll get a run in on a Monday, then I'll, uh, do my heavy bag and box on a Tuesday and then run again Wednesday, and then maybe do kettlebells on Thursday and another run on Friday, you know, something like that. And I've, I've been doing that schedule for eight years now. And of course I don't always keep up with it. I mean, there's days when I just can't get it in, but um, there's not a week that's gone by that I haven't at least got in uh, one run, you know, probably two runs and, and some other form of exercise like some pull-ups or some push-ups or some sit-ups or something. And uh, I'm super proud uh, of myself, first of all, that um, I was able to stick with that resolve. And second of all, just the, you know, the change in my body structure, um, I, I really am convinced that if I wouldn't have got on top of the way my body was headed back then and got those hormones in check and, uh, you know, started building lean muscle mass and eating differently, uh, I'd be 
totally different right now. Um, you know, especially as you head into middle age, uh, you know, your, your hormone levels and, and like for a man, uh, testosterone starts to drop and, um, you know, even for women, you know, your hormone levels start to get out of, out of whack and, um, you know, really, really can start to hit you pretty hard. And so, um, I got everything back in check and I did kind of like a keto type of thing back then, uh, for a number of years before keto was even a thing. Um, and I'm not trying to be like super cool saying like I did keto before anyone else did keto, but, um, I, I kind of actually did. It's, it sounds weird, but, uh, I, I got introduced to, um, a guy named, uh, Dr. Mercola. I don't know if you ever heard of him, but, uh, I started getting a, an email, uh, like a daily newsletter from him and, and, uh, uh, got introduced to a doctor named Dr. Weil. And I was like reading some of his stuff and, um, but the Dr. Mercola, man, his, his newsletters were just awesome. And, and he sells a lot of different supplements and stuff. And so he was talking about burning fat for fuel and, um, you know, shifting your body over from burning carbs to burning, uh, fats and, you know, getting coconut and MCT oils and all this kind of stuff. And this is, you know, a number of years, like I said, before keto and stuff. So I was able to do that and, and, you know, uh, coupled with the exercise and everything. And I just really turned things around. I mean, I'm 42 now and you can, uh, I'm not, again, I'm not trying to brag, but you can still see my abs and, um, you know, I'm pretty good shape and, uh, I'm, I'm really just, I'm super proud of it guys. Like I'm seriously not, not trying to brag. I, I, I really feel very proud of the fact that I was able to stick with that. Um, cause I've been, you know, traditionally in my life, other things that, I'll, you know, I've been sort of, of a perfectionist at where, you know, I, I try to do something and if I can't do it right away, I'll kind of give up and, and, uh, you know, but, but, you know, like I, if you've listened to any of my other podcast uh, episodes, um, you'll know that this is the exact same process that I did to learn how to code, which is that, like, I think all of us have deep down inside, we've got this, uh, you know, sort of grit inside of us. I think every human being's got this grit. And, um, you know, I think it's just kind of lying dormant sometimes. And you have to sort of get into a situation where something's going to activate that grit and you're going to, uh, just really make this like lifelong decision, um, you know, that, that you're just going to do something come hell or high water. And for me, uh, I've had a handful of those situations. Uh, actually, that getting in shape uh, scenario was probably the first time uh, I had really uh, activated that grit. Um, let me go back just a little bit before that. I think that's probably um, maybe one of the times when I've I've done something, I guess when I say it was the first time, it's probably, to me, I'm thinking that's the time when I was able to really do something that's had like a really super long lasting effect. Uh, but actually, if I go back uh, a few years uh, back before coming to LA and uh, starting the master's program, um, I had, and, and I talk about this in a previous podcast episode, uh, actually the first one, I, I go over my kind of uh, story on how I started my IT business. And that was actually probably the first time in my adult life when I had to really just dig down deep and uh, just really sort of activate this internal grit and uh, go out and, and find clients and 
and get business and really be able to put food on the table and, and build that business. Um, and that was, that lasted for, I don't know, four or five years. I ran that business and was able to, to sell it for a pretty decent chunk of money. And that's how I, uh, made it to LA. So I suppose that's, that's really the first time in my life when I kind of was able to sort of hack the grit kind of thing, like in sort of, I guess when I say hack, I mean like kind of activate or, you know, sort of use that grit to kind of, uh, you know, shortcut or, or, uh, speed up this process of really getting something that you want, um, to accomplish. And so anyway, but getting back to the getting in shape, I guess for me, um, I don't know why, but in my, in my mind that sort of stands out, you know, even though I had, I had done that previously with the business and my mind, it sort of stands out as kind of the time when I, I just really dug down deep and, and made it happen. And so, um, anyway, I'm just, I'm super proud of that. And, um, another, I think another sort of outpouring of that is that, um, I sort of used that same kind of mental process. Uh, it went sort of hand in hand with the master's program that I was working on at the same time, uh, because this was actually right at the beginning of my master's program. And so, um, that process of just really digging down and, and getting that sort of mental fortitude to get back in shape really helped me to dig down and, you know, really come up with the mental, uh, the mental energy to do what it takes to get done, you know, the master's program. Cause there was, I mean, there was times so many times when I wanted to give up. I mean, I'd have just these crazy assignments. I mean, seriously, I, I didn't even know what I was into. I mean, I think a lot of us, when we get into something new, uh, something that we want to do, something that we've always wanted to do, it's actually, and I've heard this quote and I can't remember where it's from, but, um, it's, uh, something, it goes something like this. Like, uh, when you get into something, it's probably good that you don't know exactly how difficult it's going to be when you start out something to that effect, because honestly, the things that I've done, like the master's degree or like learning to code or like learning to, uh, you know, get in shape or when I, I taught myself how to run, because that's actually another thing um, I'm going to talk about here in a second, but um, the things that I've really dug down and done, man, when you, you get into those things and you get, you know, somewhere uh, sufficiently into the process of that thing. And that's when you hit that wall and you're just like, you know, holy, you know, bleep. Like I didn't realize uh, how difficult this thing was going to be. Um, and if I had realized how difficult this thing was going to be, I would have probably never done it, but you're already like so far into it and so invested that you're just like, man, I've already just completely resolved mentally to do this thing and, um, I'm going to see it through. And it's really a good thing. I mean, you, uh, I think going into whatever it is that you're getting that sort of grit and resolve to do, it's really sort of best done with this sort of, um, I don't know, sort of willing naivety, I guess it would be, or sort of, a. I don't know. So backing up a little bit, um, like I was saying, I, I was able to just really dig down deep and, and, uh, get myself back in shape. But at the same time, um, you know, man, that, that master's program was, was just killer. I mean, I had, I think something like 3000 pages, uh, per quarter to read. And like, it's, it's literally so many pages that 
it's just like like humanly impossible. At least it was for me. I mean, you just you have to figure out a way to assimilate the information without reading like word for word. You just literally can't. And then on top of that, I'd have, you know, a lot, I mean, a lot of times papers were, you know, 25 pages long and, you know, you get, you know, I don't know, a fair amount of time, a few weeks to, to do them, but all of a sudden you've got, you know, three or four papers, you know, two of them are 25 pages long. And then you've got like four papers that are eight to 10 pages. And then you've got a thousand pages of reading left to do. And then you've got to get together with some group, you know, and, and, do some kind of group thing. And I mean, it's just, it's crazy. I didn't, I never realized how hard graduate level work was, but anyway, I, um, I, I think just the, the process of digging down and, and, uh, and doing that, um, you know, and at the same time, uh, as part of that process of getting in shape, uh, I decided I was going to learn how to run. And when I say learn how to run, I really actually mean learn how to run because, um, I went out and, and tried running down the sidewalk in Pasadena a couple times. I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to run. I saw like a lot of people, uh, from the school, you know, just throw on their running shoes and go out and run down the sidewalk. And it looked really cool. I'm like, man, strap on the uh, iPod, you know, cause the iPod was cool at the time. And, and, uh, the iPhone had actually just come out. It only been out like a year, I think in 2008. So a lot of people still had iPods, like, uh, I think iPod Nano was like the cool thing back then, if you can believe it. It seems so far away, but you know, this was, I don't know, 10 years ago. And um, anyway, I just thought, man, that'd be sweet to just strap on like an iPod and, you know, just like run down the sidewalk. And it just looked, it looked like they were having so much fun and they just looked so like refreshed and so athletic and so like LA, you know, and, and uh, I was like, I'm going to do this too. So I got myself a, um, like a MP3 player and, uh, like an armband and, uh, got myself some running shoes and, um, I'll never forget the first couple times I ran, I probably went like a half a mile, I think. And I was just like, Oh, holy crap. I was like, this is not fun. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what these people are doing with this smile on their face. Cause this is not fun. Like my knees are hurting and I feel like my body is like, crying out like every cell in my body is like you should not be doing this right now my lungs are burning um I was just like this is just this is there's no way this can be good for you and so um I tried this for like a few weeks and I kept going out and I you know I, I think I got up to like a mile and my um my knees were just like killing me like right away and I'd never had knee trouble before but uh I realized, uh, I started doing a little bit of reading and, um, somebody had, uh, given me this book called born to run. And, uh, it talks about, um, this, uh, guy that was kind of this like world famous runner. And he goes down to Mexico and starts running these like ultra marathons and all stuff. And how, um, a lot of, uh, ultra runners would run with like no shoes on and like how these like indigenous tribes, would run with no shoes and they would actually run with, uh, with what's called a, uh, uh, four foot strike. Right. And so I realized that I was actually running with the heel strike, like the typical heel strike. And so I started doing a bunch of research on this and found out that, that I guess back in the seventies, uh, when Nike had first introduced the, uh, air types of shoe, you know, the air max, or I don't know, whatever it was, the, 
the uh, shoes with the air in the back, you know, and the soles, the, the whole airline, um, that this had sort of spawned like a whole generation of people that changed the way they run and started running on their heels. And so I guess uh, for, you know, a number of decades, everybody started running on their heels and somehow this trickled its way down to me because at that point, you know, I was actually running on my heels as well. And I realized that was the problem is that you're basically transmitting all of this shock, like right back up into your knees and up into your body. And it's, it's actually a really inefficient way to run because you end up sort of slowing yourself down. Like every, every uh, stride you take, you're kind of putting on the brakes by hitting your heels. So anyway, um, I, like I said, I had to learn how to run because I had to, uh, start to slowly train myself how to run, uh, by landing on my, the balls of my feet. And so I got some minimalistic, uh, shoes called five fingers, which are just really, really thin. And I started, it took me actually, uh, about a year of, uh, running like this, um, increasingly more and more. And, uh, I would run, you know, on, you, you kind of, you can only go like a little distance cause it really hurts your calves and you have to really build up to it or you can get injured and stuff. But I just kept on doing it, kept on doing it. And I, I resolved, uh, and, and really, uh, determined and just kind of got down into that sort of grit mode again and, and just told myself I'm going to be a runner. And, uh, sure enough, uh, it worked again. And I, uh, basically kept on running and, and here it is, uh, well, 10 years later and I'm still running, um, every couple of days I go on a run and I run with that forefoot strike and haven't had any problems with my knees. I mean, I get just a, a you know, a twinge of, of knee issues if I run a little bit too much, but man, I was on this track with, you know, I probably would have had like knee surgery after like a couple months if I had kept on doing it the way I was doing it. So anyway, the point is though, is that, um, you know, that's, that's a, again, something that I really, really wanted to accomplish in my life. I mean, when I was younger, I remember, uh, going out for the baseball team and I didn't, didn't make the team. And I think the reason why I got cut is they, I remember very distinctly, they were like, okay, we're going to run for like 15 minutes straight and we're going to do all these things. And, and I just literally couldn't run that long. And I was like totally gassing out and running out of energy. And I remember just feeling like really bad about myself, like about running. And so for me running really very similar to coding, how I'd felt so bad about myself growing up about my math skills and my logic skills and, you know, things around sort of that engineering area. Um, I also felt really bad about my sports and fitness abilities. And so learning to run and staying in shape and things like that, but especially running, um, now, you know, I could, I could really any time of the week, I could go out and run, you know, six to eight miles, um, you know, without any trouble. To me, that's just absolutely phenomenal. I mean, I know there's people right now that are probably listening to this or, you know, I, I have friends that can run way longer than that. And, you know, six, eight miles doesn't seem like really anything, especially to uh, like ultra runners and stuff who are running, you know, 50 miles or 100 miles or whatever in a shot. But for me personally, um, you know, going out and running six or eight miles is just like, I can't even tell you how awesome that makes me feel. I just feel so personally empowered. And so I really don't care 
uh, how much anyone else can run. It's just really just one of those personal things where it just literally just makes me happy every time I do it. I just I just smile on the inside. So that's that's really what I wanted to get at for this episode was I just wanted you to think about your life and think about some of those things that maybe you had had thought you know sort of thought bad about yourself or or have you've had some bad experiences like when you were a kid or maybe you weren't a kid maybe you're a teenager or you're uh, growing up and you're a young adult or maybe that's where you're at right now I don't know but maybe at, at some point in your life you felt bad about not being able to do or accomplish something and I want you to give some of that give give some thought to that uh, this week and think about whatever it is and think about how can you dig down and just like grab a hold of that internal grit because we all have it guys uh, everybody has it and just think about how can you grab a hold of that internal fire and just make that thing happen and no matter what it takes you are going to resolve yourself to get that thing done and then you're going to look back from this point from this moment that you heard this podcast today where where wherever you are and whenever you are listening to this you're going to look back to this and be like i decided at that moment that i was going to do this thing and now it's been a year later it's been six months later it's been two years five years later and i'm doing this thing and i am just absolutely over the moon excited about what i've done Okay, and that's what I want for you guys. I just, I really want that for you. I want you to experience that and feel that for yourself because it's such an awesome feeling. So I want to thank you again for joining me today. It's been such a pleasure to start this podcast and be able to share with you guys and hope you're having an awesome day or evening wherever you are and hope you'll continue to tune in. Talk to you soon.